Hello and welcome to the Taking the Charge podcast with you from Regensburg, Germany. I'm David Hine. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for stopping by. Thank you for giving us your time. So many options and you have decided to grant us uh, some of your precious, valuable time. Thank you very much. It's uh, uh, extremely appreciated. Uh, just... Um, I know there's so many options out there. A podcast I listen to so many podcasts as well, um, and uh, I can. Uh, so I really do appreciate uh, that uh, that you all are listening to the show uh, this week. I uh, Have a uh, interesting interview. Actually, it's uh, it's 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 a not necessarily this interview in particular, but I've been wanting to talk to somebody about South Sudanese basketball for quite a quite uh, uh, quite a long time and uh, I got a chance to do it uh, I wrote an article about Kuwani nor Kuwani uh, for FIBA and their uh, build-up to the uh, FIBA Basketball World Cup 2023 um, African qualifiers and uh, and uh, and talk to Kwani uh, for that, and uh, this is then the the full interview and and loads of just fantastic stuff in there. Uh, I think it's a, a it's a truly emerging program and one that the African basketball for sure needs to uh, watch out for. And uh, if they can uh, if they can stay in or if they can get everything online and and in in um, uh, in, in order, then it could be. It really could be a, a, a massive power uh, in in world basketball. Um, so yeah, that that'll be up in a little in a couple of minutes. First, we want to get to obviously as we do every week uh, the uh, big three. Uh, stories that we're watching, and uh, it's a little bit different of a story. Uh, not many people might be might be um, might think of this, but. Uh, it's. I'm. I'm gonna say it's the. It's the Euroleague basket. It's the Euroleague website. Uh, you know, anytime, anytime a, a website gets changed, there's, there's, um, you know, people. I don't think there's ever. I don't think there's ever been anybody who has, has said, oh yes, fantastic. I can't. Uh, you know, think. You know, uh, you know the the new design and everything is is fantastic and. Um, there's some issues, uh, but you know it, it's the Euro league, and they're going to you know they they know that there's there's things to be ironed out, and they're going to be uh, you know working on it and 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 whatnot, and uh, you know it was overdue, um, and but then at the other hand, there's there's a comfort level of working uh, with a website, and then once you have changes, you have to you know discover new ways uh, to find your way around. Uh, it's actually the same thing the German BBL. Um, who, for whom I, I write a, a weekly uh, rap uh, in English. Uh, they changed their website uh, uh, before the season, and uh, you know it's it's just you know there, there's uh, anytime there's change uh, to something that has been around for a while, uh, you just need to learn to uh, navigate and uh, get around things and stuff like that. So um, you know people who uh, who are on the site, um, you know. Be patient with it, and it'll it'll be okay. Uh, but so um, I know, like I said, it's kind of a weird one, uh, but it, it is a story for a lot of people. I think out here in Europe, uh, because your league is 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 so big. Uh, for the young player, uh, I'm actually going to uh, to, to mention uh, Victor Wembanyama uh, on that uh, aforementioned uh, Euroleague website. They did have a a piece on him, and obviously this is the this is the 
the talent out here in Europe at the moment. Uh, 2004, born playing for um, LDLC, as well Villabon. And, uh, you know, some of the, I think the biggest takeaway, he's had a, he's had a, um, he really hasn't had a good season out here. He's been kind of, kind of um, nicked up with small injuries here and there, pretty much throughout the entire uh, first uh, however many months of the season, and you know, and so he really hasn't been able to to show uh, on a consistent basis what he can. But you know, just as we've seen over the last couple of years already, you know, this past summer we saw him at the under nineteen uh, FIBA under nineteen basketball World Cup in Latvia, and then we saw him in the Euro Cup last uh, last season. And, uh, you know, he has been able to show some glimpses and it's just like, you know, it's mouth, uh, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's jaw dropping and, and mouth watering. It's, you know, what do you, you know, what do you see and what he can do? And, you know, the biggest takeaway that I had from, from the article, uh, and I'll, and I'll link it, uh, I'll link it in the, um, in the show notes, uh, was, you know, oh, he's only thinking about having fun, you know? Uh, you know, it's basketball, no pressure, no fear, uh, just focusing on, on having fun and, you know, doing what he's always done. And when he has a basketball in his hand, and it is, and, it, and that is having fun. So that's pretty cool to, to have that. Um, uh, the event that we're watching, uh, it's the Basketball Champions League Americas. Uh, they are actually at the end of their second uh, window. Uh, they are, you know, kind of going through some windows instead of uh, – uh, having home and aways, um, there was there were games in Buenos Aires, and the last two games are in uh, in Monteverde, in Uruguay, and um, last two games there. So you know this is a big competition in, in the Americas, and uh, you know with uh, the uh, with the Intercontinental Cup coming up in a couple of weeks, uh, you know that this is uh, you know it's worthwhile to to, to it's always worthwhile to check out that competition. It's something that I haven't really been able to follow that much, uh, just because there's so much basketball. But you know, there's there are a lot of fantastic players over there. Um, so uh, go over there, BCL uh, Basketball Champions League Americas, and check out that uh, great competition as well. Uh, the last two games, and then uh, actually the next window uh, is uh, March fourth to the sixth. Uh, and uh, the 11th to 16th. Uh, so uh, that's um, that's the uh, rundown of the big three. Uh, let's go to our our our, uh, our sneak preview of our taking the Char- taking the charge prospects podcast. This, of course, is part of the paid subscription to the Substack. If you go uh, hit the subscribe now button, you can become a paid subscriber. Uh, and with that, you get access to the Taking the Charge Prospects podcast, as well as the full archives of the Taking Taking Talent uh, Talking Talent uh, pro, 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 podcast, where the um, I like to call them my my army of scouts. Uh, they obviously are freelancers and, and work on their own, but uh, I've kind of brought them together and uh, and uh, we talk about. Uh, we talk about uh, you know talents uh, around the world, uh, and you get the full archives as part of the subscribe now. Uh, if you become a paid subscriber, and if the f- and if the the if the if the fee is high is too high for you, send me a message. Uh, uh, you know, willing to to talk it uh, talk to you about it. But it, it is a really uh, a really good value. Um, so this is uh, this week yesterday. Uh, we we talked with uh, Tarik Beverovic, uh, Bosnia Herzegovina, uh, 2001 born, uh, playing for Fenerbahce uh, Istanbul, 
you know, and just turned 21 too. And, you know, this is already his fourth season, third full season with Fenerbahce. And you think of all the, the amazing great players that have been on that club, um, you know, just can only imagine the, the lessons he's learned already uh, in the game. Uh, so this is my my chat with it, uh, a sneak preview, just, uh, just a little snippet of it. Uh, so we'll catch you on the other side of that. For, for those who haven't seen enough of you, um, mm-hmm. how, how would you describe your game? You know, what, what do you, mm-hmm. you know, what, what do you think, uh, you know, fans, scouts, whatever, what do you think they should see in you that they might not see in you because you haven't had enough uh, time to play? How would you describe your game? Okay. I'll, I'll not be too much, you know, like to brag about me so much, but I'll, I'll say that I believe and I have that confidence that I'm really great, great one-on-one player especially creating a dribble and mid-range shots, you know, in all these situations, eight seconds and until the end, you know, take the ball to finish it. I really believe that I really can do it. And all my teammates know I can. That's how I win one-on-ones at the end of the day. <laughs> uh, the second of all, okay, three-point shooting, I believe that that I improved that a lot since I came here, you know, but just the selection of shots, selection of the shots, I can still improve that, you know, realizing the moment, feeling the game, to take some shots, you know, that can that can help me to become a better player. So, okay, we said mid-range shooting. We, we said the three-point doesn't matter if it's off-screen or dribble or spot-up. It's all three, all three kinds. Uh, and creating for others from pick and roll. I believe I have. I believe I have that. I'm not playing pick and roll so much, but I believe you know I have that because I know myself when I when we do practice that it's not so much. There is no bad decisions that I made in the pick and rolls. Yeah. That's no. all I can say. No. Okay. Yeah. Great stuff. Uh, he was uh, really a, a, a joy to talk to. A uh, nice young man, and uh, really happy that uh, was able to to get a conversation with him. You know, it's definitely a, a guy that uh, people have known for a while. Uh, as I said, you know, uh, you know, he's uh, fourth, third full season there, and, and uh, was with Spars uh, Sarajevo. Played at the Adidas Next Generation tournament. Quite a few years younger. Um, okay, so let's move to the uh, to the interview for uh, for this week, uh, and that is, as I mentioned, uh, with Kwani Noor uh, Kwani uh, plays uh, with the Sudan national team and is actually making his debut. Uh, season here in uh, Croatia, uh, in Europe, and he's playing in Croatia for Osijek, uh, which plays in the Croatian League and also the uh, ABA uh, second division. Uh, so you know, it's um, you know, it's a it's a it's a taste of of, of some of the uh, uh, of some pretty decent basketball out here. So uh, with that, uh, I will uh, bid you all an adieu and uh, I hope you enjoy the interview with uh, Kwani Nor Kwani and we will talk to you next week. All right. So on the show this week, uh, uh, we have a uh, interesting interesting guest. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to, to the chat. Uh, it's uh, Kwani Nor Kwani, uh, a member uh, of the South Sudanese national team and playing with uh, Osijek in uh, in Croatia. Uh, uh, Kwani, thanks for coming on. Uh, thank you very much for having me, Dave. Uh, it's a pleasure to be here and looking forward to have this chat with you. Yeah, um, you know, uh, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of, um, 
basketball has been played a, a long time and um and it's it's not very often that you that that the world you know gets a a truly new team um and and that's really what we got um yeah. within the last decade and and so we're going to talk a little bit about that as well in this uh in this whole uh, interview um and uh just i guess first kind of start off with uh you you had recently been out, so you're playing here in in, in Croatia, and uh, and uh, I noticed that you'd been out for for a month. And maybe just uh, how give us a give us a health up, update, maybe what happened, and then uh, just uh, how you're feeling and and uh, and what it was like to get back out on the court. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, so about a month. Of- about a month ago, about a month and a half ago, we were playing in the third window of the ABA two league, uh, which was like a bubble in in Sarajevo and Bosnia. And pretty much was on a fast break, got a rebound, tried to go sidestep. And that's pretty much when I clashed knee with the defender. Uh, it was inside of my left knee and immediately straight away started feeling some pain. But I just tried to keep playing on it. But um after a while running up and down, I realized, yeah, like it's a lot more serious than I thought. And so that's when I went off, um, sat on the bench and got ice and tried to ice it and just um, try to sit there with it. And uh, it's one of those things that I thought maybe in a week it might be fine. But, um, you know, it just swelled up overnight. Um, a lot of pain, couldn't really move properly with it, couldn't really sh- straighten it. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much what happened. I went, came back here to the doctors and physios and they said it's the minor contusion and that it might take uh, a few weeks to um, to a month before I can come back. So in the meantime, I was just working out, lifting, trying to get a lot of mobility in it because I, I could run straight, but I just couldn't like change the direction or lift my knee up high enough. Um, so I was just doing w- whatever I could to try to make the process quicker. And so I started training about a week and a half ago and started feeling good. And on Friday, had my first game back. So it felt great. It felt great to be out there with the team, especially um, during the second round of the season where, you know, all, all, every single game matters. So I definitely felt good to be out there. And hopefully in the next few weeks, I can go back to my full potential. And um, we are actually just uh, a month uh, uh, away from the World Cup qualifiers, um, the uh, 2023 uh, World Cup qualifiers uh, in Africa. Um, were, were you starting to get a little bit worried? (laughs) It's like, I need to make sure that I'm healthy, you know, for this to make sure that I'm going to be able to play. (laughs) No, absolutely. I, I, I definitely was a bit worried. I was just like, what's going on? Like I've never, uh, especially like end of the, end of the second week, third week and whatnot. (laughs) You're like, wait a minute. Exactly, exactly. And I was definitely worried because I've never really been out this long with any injury. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't sure how it's gonna uh, how it's gonna play out. And I mean, you know, it's just it's it's just slowly getting back there, but at the same time, I was like, okay, okay, I'm just starting to get worried now. Like I need to, you know, be good for this window. It's our first ever one. And I definitely want to be there, be able to give hundred percent. So I, I was definitely getting worried and a bit like you know, just wondering like when is this thing gonna get better, you know. But now that at least now I can relax a little bit. You said it. Let's let's jump in. You know, this is history coming up in uh, um, in uh, in February in in Senegal in Dakar. Uh, this this will be the first time that that uh, South uh, South Sudan has ever played in a World Cup qualifier. 
Uh, just first start off, how excited are you? Uh, how excited are you and the rest of the guys? You know, you know, where we are really almost <laughs> exactly a month from from this thing tipping off. Just your excitement level, uh, one month out. You know, we are very, very excited. I think um, as players, uh, the country, you know, everyone that supports us, um, we're very, very excited. Just, you know, even to go back to the Afro-Basket qualifiers, the Afro-Basket as well, you know, that that's all been our first time um, getting there. So every time we advance, uh, every time we play, um, like we're, we're beyond excited for this opportunity and just how much it brings to the country, um, you know, because, because of what's going on in South Sudan, a lot of people, you know, still going through tough times. A lot of people still, you know, don't have a lot to look forward to. And so when we play, when we go out there and play and, you know, represent the country, when we get wins, whether we win or not, just the fact that we're out there representing South Sudan and, you know, bringing something positive to the country, it brings a lot of, um, you know, a, a, a lot of positive news to the country, a lot of, um, you know, positivity to a lot of people who don't have anything, you know, to smile and be happy about. And so for us uh, to go out there and, you know, give it another crack, be able to bring some joy, happiness, and positivity to ourselves, our families, and our country. It's something that we're always, you know, we don't take for granted, and we're definitely happy and excited and looking forward to it. So, um, yeah, really can't wait. Really can't wait. You, you mentioned the Afrobasket. I mean, actually, let's go even further back to the Afrobasket qualifiers. And actually, I guess we almost have to go even further back to the zonal qualifiers <laughs> to even get into the qualifiers. And you guys yeah. actually, you guys didn't actually go through the zonal qualifiers. You actually had to go through. Uh, an, inv- an invitational tournament in, in Cameroon, yep, and you yep. ended and you ended up being uh, the last team to compete in the qualifiers. So, and and, yes, and the yes. qualifiers we'll touch on in a second. But what did it mean for you guys to, um, you know, to to get that last spot in the qualifiers? No, it it, it meant a lot. It meant a lot, especially the fact that um, when we started in Kenya, um, playing those games in Nairobi, um, you know, we felt like. Um, um, you know, we felt like we definitely deserved, uh, you, you know, to go uh, to be in that, to be part of those those teams that made it to the Afro Basket, um, you know, qualifiers. Uh, unfortunately, things didn't really go well, especially in that last game against Nairobi. But you know, we felt like we were just, you know, we we were, we were good enough. And um, you know, during that time, everything just happened so fast. Mm-hmm. When those zone qualifiers came in, uh, we were called literally within two weeks. Uh, a lot of guys were not available. Um, and so we believe that, you know, if we, if, if we were to make it through, we'll be able to prepare a lot better. We will be able to call on a lot more players with a lot more experience who will be able to, you know, help, help the team, you know, be stronger. And so when that happened, um, you know, our, our president, um, Luol Deng, he was always very optimistic that, that we'd get a chance that, you know, with the nature of COVID and everything, you know, that came up at that time, that some teams might not be able to make it. And he also felt like, uh, he also knew that there might be a window, like a, um, a wild card, a wild card um, window there where, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, a wild card tournament, you know, that, that will most likely be coached. So he was very optimistic and he was just, um, you know, happy with the way we played, but he also just told us to still be ready, uh, you know, that the, that they might call us. And so when that call came in, uh, you know, it was during COVID, um, I don't know, in, in, in Australia, the whole country was in lockdown for like six, seven months. So we hadn't played basketball or anything for like six, seven months. And so we had to just start running outside, try to stay in shape. And when we got that call up, it was like a month out. And so when we went there, you know, we just had to you know, go out there, try to win, try to play our best, um, get the win. And once again, unfortunately, we ended up losing to Cape Verde. 
um, in that last, I think, in, yeah, in, in the first game, unfortunately, we didn't get in. But once again, we were very positive and optimistic that a team might pull out because of COVID. And, you know, Algeria ended up pulling out uh, because of lack of funds. And, you know, that gave us that opportunity to to come into the Afrobasket qualifiers. And then that's when we were able to beat Rwanda and Mali. And, you know, yeah, I mean, along you, the whole journey. You, with you, the yeah, you beat Mali there. twice. And I yep, mean, yep, yep. I think I think Mali is an emerging power. You know, you look at everything yep. that they've done at the youth level and that, that those guys just haven't gotten to the, exactly. the senior team yet. I mean, but yep, I, think yep, it's, yep. I think it's yet, you know, but, you know, you beat them twice. You beat Rwanda. Um, yep. And actually the second game against, uh, against Nigeria, you guys were actually leading with, with three minutes left. And you only lost by five points, yeah. um, yep. but, but, you know, job is done and you're going after basket. I mean, this, that must've exactly. been an amazing feeling, no? <laughs> yeah, no, it definitely was. Definitely, definitely was. Uh, especially the journey that we took together and the fact that yeah. we came in and got some wins there was definitely, definitely was a great, great journey. Uh, after first game against Afrobasket, uh, first game at Afrobasket, uh, I think was was uh, that was the forfeit against Cameroon. Is that right? Yes, yes, that's, yeah. that's correct. Okay, so your your first game, the country's first ever game at Afrobasket, is against you know a team, you know that you know the name and everything else. Senegal is big, you know, and and yeah, and exactly, that, yeah. that first quarter, twenty five to thirteen. And that was kind of the game. What was 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 that just a little bit of a you know bright lights? Wow, where are we? What are we, are we doing here? And and they <laughs> and they just kind of took over. Or or how do you how do you go back and remember that game? Yeah, yeah. I think for us, um, you know, everything just kind of happened so fast. Um, that's like uh, I think, like you said, like for, for for a lot of the guys, it was. I mean, for pretty much all of us, it was the first time. You know, playing playing uh, in the Afro basket for a lot of the guys, it was the first time that they got to represent South Sudan as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, for us, it was just, you know, trying to find ourselves. I mean, we had a few practice games before that where, you know, where we played well. But this time against Senegal, they were definitely a lot more experienced team. Um, every position, they pretty much, you know, had a backup to backup for that. And, you know, these are guys that, some guys are in the NBA, some guys were playing top level, Euro, um, you know, Euro League, Euro Cup. And, uh, you know, for us, they were just a lot more experienced. They came out really, really ready. And, you know, they just jumped on straight away. Um, and I think it was a learning lesson for us that, you know, we can't let teams jump on us that early because trying to come back was, it was really, really hard. And, you know, they just kept getting the lead um, and just, you know, growing that lead. And so for us, uh, I think definitely lack of experience uh, is really what played out for us, you know, in that, during that, during that first game. And I think as the games went on, we tried kind of improved and, just, you know, try to uh, not make the same mistakes. We'd be able to come out and play straight away. Yeah, I mean, so you beat Uganda then, which was a dog fight yes. throughout the game. It was never really, yeah. you know, no, n- neither team really pulled away against Kenya. Yeah. You guys actually pulled away by twenty points and then really lost yeah, it. Yeah. And, yeah. and, I, and I'm, and I, but I'm also sure that you guys also see it as as an important step that, especially after yeah. the Senegal game, is that okay? We lost that lead, but yeah. we also, we you know, we also did pull it out. You know. Absolutely, uh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. And, and that was the eighth qual the the eighth qualifiers. So that meant you were one of the top teams, top eight teams in Africa. Yeah, and another probably amazing feeling. No, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it was great. It was great. I think uh, the fact that yeah, we made it there, and then we beat Kenya, who uh, who, who beat us in the zone five qualifiers to um, to make it to the to the top eight. So the guys that were in Kenya, you know, this was it was a very very. Um, you know, big game. It was a great win because um, that 
um, to be able to get them back uh, over here and advance to the top eight. But just be, being able to say that, you know, we're one of the top eight teams in Africa uh, was an amazing feeling, was an amazing feeling. And like I said before, the, the, the fans that were there, you know, like there were a lot of people were just crying, even just seeing us playing. Um, that, that definitely meant a lot for them and meant a lot for us, the players who were there from the start of the journey and all the ones that were there along the way and the ones that haven't played yet. You know, it was just amazing to see how far we've gotten in one year and how much further we've got to go. And then and then I, I imagine probably quarterfinals against eventual champs and, and really right now one of the absolute powers in African basketball, Tunisia. You know, all you have to do is look at the, the, the score, the score line, 23-11, third quarter. It was probably them just saying, you know, we're experienced. We know how to play in these games. And, and, and they took advantage of that in the third quarter after the halftime, you know, they got the, they made the adjustments and are used to playing, having made adjustments and you, you just guys weren't there yet. Right. That's kind of, is that how it, it that's how it looks. Is that yeah, kind of how it was, it was as well? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think um, like, like they're definitely, you know, one of the top teams in Africa, they, you know, wanted back to back with a lot of, old, with a lot of experienced players. And I think that's literally, that's just what they did. I mean, we played them in a practice game. Um, I think like um, just ju- just before the Afro basket started, and uh, you know it was very tough, grindy, uh, gritty game. They ended up um, you know beating us by I think three, four points. But coming in here, they definitely made some uh, adjustments in the second half that was able to you know, help them get the lead. And for us, it was just a learning lesson that um, you know we we have to change our tactics as well, um, and especially you know try to suit, try to stop you know the their bigs and their guards, especially Michael Rowe, who at that time just 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 went off. Um, but no, they they were they they they're a great team, and you know, congratulations to them for going on to win. Uh, you know, it's just definitely something that we can take out, learn from them, and try to use it against the next window because we play them again. We'll come, in, we'll, uh, come that, we'll come to yeah. that in a second. Um, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, so uh, uh, there's a lot of firsts that went, you know, first time, you know, qualifiers, first time in the qualifiers, first time at Afro basket, you know, first time, you know, losing to the eventual champions, which is also a first. Uh, A lot of people say you have to lose to somebody great in order to, you know, in that process to get great. Um, So, so, so looking back, what do you think, um, you know, as one of the, as one of the older veteran type leaders, uh, guys of this team, what do you, what what do you think are some of the, the main, factors i mean you know lessons that you guys learned as a as a team looking ahead now to the end of this next window um i think as a one of the older guys we definitely um try to play to um to us to our strength and advantage which is uh you know we we have a lot of young guys who are you know fast can you know pressure up the court and just run a gun um you know that's pretty much what we try to use especially against the older team like that Tunisia, who are a lot older. Um, you know, we have a lot of guys who are still in college and that produced a lot, played a lot of minutes. Um, I think something that we, we can use is pretty much just try to really get better at that half-court game, which uh, which, w- w- which when it comes to a team like like Tunisia, who have been playing for a long time together, they try to slow it down. Uh, you know, we need to be able to play that slow game with them as well, uh, where we, we really try to run the match trying to make him tired, but they were able to control the tempo. And I think for us, it's just about adjusting, uh, especially trying to stop their bigs, w- w- you know, which is where they really went in a lot. They tried, they went in and out, they posted the players up. We had to double, uh, you know, help down. They're kicking back out of shooters. So I think for us, it's just trying to, you know, find a better way to 
be able to guide their bigs better and, you know, try to make sure we stop their hot guy who was Marco all of the time. Um, I think as, as, as a country, it would be really, really great if we can get, uh, you know, a lot of our other veterans that are playing in the top leagues around the world who are not able to make it. And, you know, I think if we can get, you know, a lot of those guys to come down and play either this window or next window when they're available, you know, that would really, really, really strengthen, strengthen the team and, you know, help us, you know, be able to beat these guys a lot better. But for now, we're just with the people that we have. It's just about adjusting to that um, half-court game and try to control the tempo a bit more. Let's jump ahead to February 25th. Um, the the first game is against Rwanda. The second game is against against Tunisia. Uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a little bit of, of people. There's a little bit of uh, there's going to be a little bit of um, just wait to play Tunisia after we play yeah. Rwanda. You know, there's there's going yeah. to be excitement to to not look past Rwanda because you want to play Tunisia. But but um, there's all the excitement Rwanda. You know, Rwanda hosted AfroBasket, um, and um, uh, where are they? Uh, yeah, uh, hosted AfroBasket, beat Democratic Republic of Congo and Angola at the AfroBasket yeah. at home, um, and they're going to be also. You know, they've never qualified for uh, for uh, for the for the World Cup as well. So maybe th- thoughts about that first game against Rwanda. Yeah, yeah, no, first of all, kudos to Rwanda for what they've been um, doing with their basketball program. And, you know, they've gone ahead and, you know, built a state-of-the-art basketball stadium and they've invested a lot in it, got a great coach, head coach, and uh, they've been working so hard and being able to see what they've been doing. They hosted the bow. I mean, that's great to see for basketball in Africa and just, you know, what they've been doing in general. So, now we're definitely looking forward to them. Uh, I know they're, they're always coming ready. They're always... Um, Coming ready to play. They play hard, whether they're up or down. Uh, you know, they they're a team that we've played twice. And the one thing about them is they're always gonna you know keep playing hard no matter what. Every player they stop in and out is just coming in, giving 100 percent energy. And so for us, well, we know that it's gonna be a dog fight. They've improved so much from the last time we played them. And it's not a game that we're gonna take lightly. Uh, you know, each and every game that we play is important. And you know, Ron is the first first team that we play, we know that it's gonna be a dog fight. Um Seeing that they beat, like, like you said, they beat Angola and Democratic Republic of Congo, you know, it's not going to be easy. They've added in players that have international experience. And, you know, right now they're a veteran team. And so, you know, we're looking forward to that game coming in, knowing that we have to give it 100%. And we got to take care of that game first before we think about Tunisia. Okay. You, Tunisia, then. What do you think about Tunisia? How much are you looking forward to that yeah. game? <laughs> oh, we're definitely, definitely looking forward, especially, um, you know, myself. I didn't really play well. That game against Tunisia, and um, so I'm definitely looking forward to this game. I think all the players as well, uh, you know, as a country, we're definitely looking forward to this game because um, we we we've been able to go back, you know, and we're, we're going to be able to go back and just you know see see what we did wrong, but at the same time, just you know that feeling of knowing that we lost to these guys, and you know, just um, knowing that you know it, it's a revenge game, it's a revenge game, and so for us, we're going to go out there, give it our best, and you know, do what we have to do to get the win. There's not going to be a 23-11 third quarter. Or they're going to have to do something really special in order to do that. Right? Pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I think, yeah, we, we can't let that happen again. And, and and then, I mean, that, that's one of the things about the qualifiers, you know, the African qualifiers, you guys have three games in three days. And, uh, three games in three days. And, and, and that, that last game, and so you're going to be, 
you know, whatever, you know, however, you know, feelings you're going to have after the Tunisia game, you know, who knows whatever it's going to be. And then you have Cameroon who, you know, they went 0-3 at, at AfroBasket and are, are sort of, even though they have a lot of talent in general, you know, they haven't been able to produce um, on the, uh, uh, on the, on the, uh, on the national team stage. Um, and so obviously they're going to be hoping that they can, you know, finally get some stuff done. Uh, your, your thoughts about that last game then against, uh, against uh, Cameroon then, I mean, okay, we don't know what's going to happen in the first two games, but then to, you know, to finish off that window strong. Yeah. yeah. Now Cameroon is definitely, um, you know, one of the top teams in Africa that have been able to participate in Afro basket, you know, throughout the years. And the fact that they, I mean, I made it all the way to Afro Basket. Just shows, you know, what, what what kind of team they are. And you know, when 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 we were preparing for them and watching the film, uh, you know, studying them, their plays and stuff, you know, we saw that they have a lot of players who you know play in Europe. A lot of um, guys with a lot of uh, international experience, and so they're 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 a great team. I think, unfortunately, you know, they were battled with COVID during the Afro Basket, and a lot of their players couldn't play. They actually ended up having just eight players. Um, you know, but unfortunately, Cameroon is, you know, is a great team. They're a great physical, grinded team. And, you know, that's something we have to um, to be prepared for, to grind it out type game. And, you know, that, that's, that's what we got from watching their film and studying them. You know, they, they play a lot of bully ball because they, they have a lot of strong guys, a lot of older guys, uh, you know, a lot of shooters, like the same thing. They go in and out. So, you know, I, I know they're going to come ready, especially the fact that they missed out. Um, like, they, they, they couldn't show what they could do the last, the last window, uh, and I know they're going to come ready, and we just have to be prepared for them just as much as we should be for Tunisia and Rwanda. And so, um, yeah, it's going to be a really grinding game, but we, we're going to be prepared for them. Um, history lesson 2011, actually, South Sudan uh, became an official country. Um, and then uh, December t- uh, 2013, FIBA actually um, introduced South Sudan as a new member of the FIBA family. So an actual uh, new federation and everything. And, and that's how I, that's when I had mentioned earlier, it's rare that we actually have a new team. You know, we actually have a new country um, and you, I, and you actually had, we actually had that then uh, in December, 2013. And if I'm not mistaken, you were at, at Chaminade and we'll get to that in a minute as well, but you were, but um, how did you, how do you remember that? Uh, I mean, so, so you had, uh, you know, you had just started your, your college career um, and, yep. and, um, and, you know, they had never played. There was never uh um, oh wait! I guess they did. They did play the. Uh, they did play a game or two, right? If I'm not mistaken, against uh, against a a club team or something like that, like uh, a national team, but not an officially recognized national team. Is that correct? Yes, 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 yes. Uh, from from what from my man, from what I remember, yes. They yeah. Played, so, uh, but, but yeah, how did yeah, you? Yeah. But how did you take that? Knowing you know what this is going. We not only do we have our own country now, but we actually are now yeah. going to have our own national team for South Sudan. Yeah, yeah, no. For during that time, it was a first for everything. The fact that we even South Sudan became a country afterwards of going through to now knowing that we're gonna have a team, it was an amazing feeling. Um, especially for all the South Sudanese basketball players. Um, that's something that we long, you know, to one day be able to go back play represent our country. Uh, the thing is, a lot of us have never even really been in South Sudan, you mm-hmm. know, before that time. So um, to be able to know that you know that we're gonna have a basketball team playing the big tournaments in Africa, to be able to help put South Sudan on the map. Um, that was something that we were all looking forward to. Um, it, was, it was something that I just saw on Facebook, saw some photos, saw people playing. But the one thing I always recognized was just how much love and support was there, regardless of where they played. There's always a lot of fans, people posting about it. So that's something that 
what people are looking forward to, you know, seeing, being able to be around that atmosphere and love. So you actually grew up in a, in a refugee camp in, uh, in, in, in South Sudan. And, and then um, I think were in Kenya, I think uh, yes, a couple yes. of years actually before you, you, you moved to Australia. So when you, when you, when you think of South Sudan, uh, what, what do you think of? Um, okay, so I was born in the refugee camp around on the border of South Sudan and Kenya called Kakuma. was pretty much in, uh, in Kenya. Um, and so pretty much from, from a young age, what I've been seeing in South Sudan, you know, was just, you know, just, um, you know, it was always just a lot of, unfortunately, you know, just negative stuff, war, you know, people um hungry uh, you know not not a lot of development going on in the country you know just um you know a country battled with war famine food insecurity um you know sickness um you know that, that, that was pretty much you know a lot of uh, um where a lot of us you know thought of south sudan and everyone was you know trying to get out during that time and uh you know growing up i never really got the opportunity to go back i went back um you know my dad was in the in the country um, and I was lucky enough to go back, I think, just for one week in about 2000 and, uh, 2009, 10. I was able to go back for one week. And, you know, from what I saw, it was, you know, it was still slowly developing. But at the same time, there's still a lot of, you know, problems and issues going on in South Sudan. Um, it's great to see that a lot of those problems are being fixed right now. But it's still, you know, there's still a lot of, um, you know, negativ- negativity still associated with the country in terms of still food insecurity, still a lot of wars going on. Uh, there's not a lot of peace. Um, there's not a lot of peace there still being worked towards, but, you know, slowly, 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 slowly developing, slowly getting better. A lot of people are still moving back to the country now. And, you know, we're just hoping, we're just hoping and praying that the situation improves and that, um, you know, South Sudan can become the country that a lot of people hoped for. for. And do you feel that, that the, that basketball in, uh, that the, that the national team, for example, is, is a, is a positive influence on that at all? Is that, or is that kind of hard to say? No, it, it definitely is. It 100% is a positive it give, It gives those people a joy, a, a, a sense of, 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 of nationality, of respect and, and worldwide recognition probably, no? Yeah. Yes, yes, absolutely, absolutely. And um, I, I don't know if you saw the videos or um, especially the first time we played in Kenya or even when we played in, um, in, in the second round in Rwanda, there was this, thousands of people watching from everywhere around the world and uh, even the, just for the people back home like they say this is like the best thing you know that's ever happened to them being able to see South Sudan represented on the world map um, and being able to you know represent South Sudan in a positive light for you know for you know for a change yeah because every time South Sudan is unfortunately on the news it's always something negative it's always you know something that um, that a lot of people are not happy proud about and so Whenever we play, uh, represent South Sudan on the global map, you know, they always say this is one of the only things that's being able to give South Sudan hope, uh, something that can bring, you know, the South Sudanese together. Because when we play, literally, the whole country, you know, just watches. And a lot of people put their differences aside to support, um, you know, South Sudan. And it's not about uh, this, this, this tribe or that tribe or this family, that family. It's literally about, um, literally about representing South Sudan. And so... Um, Every time we play and, you know, we do well, we always get invited back to the country. Like last time after the Afro-Basket, you know, we, we were invited by the president to come and to come meet the president, you know, go to the um, government house, all of that stuff. 
you know, the previous, after we qualified for the, after we played in the Afro basket, you know, we were able to go see some vice president, some government figures. And a lot of people wanted to host us. Uh, when we landed in South Sudan, there was a whole, um, a band at the airport, hundreds of people that came out to support media, everything. You know, that's the kind of love that we get in South Sudan and just, just you know, how much, how important this is for the country and bringing peace and positivity. Uh, and how do you, you know, how do you, how do you sense that, 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 that the people back in in South Sudan will take that you guys are now playing in a World Cup qualifier. Yep, yep, yep. No, it's um, you know, it's it's the fact that we did this in such such um, you know, a small period of time, and mm-hmm. you know, just how far we've we've come, you know, especially with the back of Luo Deng and everything that that he's been able to you know to bring um, on the table, his experience, his expertise. Um, you know, it's the it it, it gives the country a lot of you know. Hope that you know that anything can be done in the country. You know, as long as we have the right people leading it, um, as long as you know people are you know doing what's best for the country, um, you know it, it it gives them hope that um, that that what the basketball team has done, you know, it can can also be used to you know bring a lot of change in the country as well. As long as people you know just have that, just have you know um, good le- good le- good leadership, good plans, you know, good intentions for the country uh, that you know can bring a lot of changes in the country and help, you know, um, bring, I don't know, you know, just bring pretty much what a lot of people have been hoping and praying for, all those changes. Uh, this is the second time you mentioned him, so you forced my hand, so I have to talk about him. Yeah. Now. <laughs> uh, no, you no mentioned, uh, no, 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 great. You know, uh, yeah. And it's a guy that I wanted to talk about, you know, so many people know about Luol Deng for so many different, for yeah. so many different reasons. But one of the things yeah, that, maybe, yeah. that maybe many, many people don't know is, um, the role that he has played in the South Sudan uh, South Sudanese uh, Basketball uh, Federation, um, and and uh, so 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 talk about that. So, you know, you, you you said that some of you know that he's done a lot of things. What are some of the things you know the 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 key leadership aspects, whatnot um, that he's yeah. actually done? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So pretty much um, once Luol Deng retired, he pretty much became, you know, I uh, went back to South Sudan and contested to be the uh, the new president of the South Sudan Basketball Federation. And, you know, up, upon winning it, uh, him and his team set out to, you know, that's when they, that's when Zone 5 was around the corner. And so once he won, once he won that, he was pretty much came in and, you know, decided to um, take over, bring a team together. So one of the main things that, in terms of his leadership, the main thing that he's pretty much done is not only be able to bring the team together, find the right coaches, you know, find the right, um, you know, coaches, staff, um, you know, do things well, but he's pretty much been the only one that, you know, is paying for everything. Um, everything is being paid out of his, you know, out of his pocket. He's provided the funds for the travel, hotel room, food. You know, when we go there, we don't need to worry about anything. Uh, because, you know, ever since Zone 5 until now, um, you know, we unfortunately haven't been able to get any any government funding. Uh, and this is pretty much everything that has been done on, South, by, on the South Sudan Basketball Federation has all been funded for by, you know, by Luol Deng. And this is, um, you know, it's something that I, I, as a team, as a federation, we're pushing for to get, uh, you know, government funding from the South Sudan or even, you know, um, private funding from, you know, companies that are there in South Sudan, but it's always been, you know, just Luol Deng that's been doing this, you know, all by himself. And, you know, this just goes to just goes to show, you know, the great leadership that he has, and, you know, just how he is as a person and, you know, just what he wants for the country. Um, you know, this is something that, 
a lot of people, you know, are very, very thankful for because without him, we literally would have been, wouldn't be here. There, there are a lot of teams that are battling, you know, financial um, issues with their countries. I know Uganda almost didn't make it to the last round because um, they didn't have funds. I know Algeria pulled out because, you know, they didn't have funds to be able to come in. You know, so as South Sudan, as the players, we, we, we were very, 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 um, you know, happy, lucky and grateful to have Luo who's able to pay for everything, you know, out of his own pocket. And, you know, that's just pretty much what he's done. On top of that, he was also, you know, the coach during the Afro-Basket qualifiers. And, you know, to have someone like him coaching us, be able to lead us out down the court, um, and that just gave us all the more confidence to go out there, play hard, and, you know, we were able to all buy in, believe in, you know, what believe in what he had uh, planned for us out there, you know, and it, and it succeeded, it succeeded. So, you know, he, he's done so much for us as players, for us as a country, and he's going to continue doing that. And we're just happy and grateful for everything that he's done. And he's not the only player from South Sudan that people know um, and and uh, never had a chance to to play for the South, South Sudanese uh, national team. Probably the biggest name uh, besides Lou Alden was is is Manu Paul, uh, yeah. Don Maker also South, uh, as uh, South Sudanese as well, Mangok um, yeah. Mangok uh, uh, Matieng, um, yeah. you know maybe just maybe just maybe just talk about uh, you know those guys and and, yeah. and 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 you know you know what what they. What they symbolize to the first generation? Let's call you guys the first generation of South yeah. Sudan, <laughs> because I mean it really is what you are, you know. So yeah, what, yeah, yeah. What, what those guys and 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 those are basketball idols, you know, Nubolu Alding in general, you know, and then uh, yeah, and then yeah, and yeah. then and then to to you guys say, you know, these are these are our these are the people that also went through the same things that we did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. First of all, yeah, but, but, but um. Manute Bo, you know, everyone with basketball, synonymous with basketball knows him. And, you know, one of the first, pretty much the first ones from South Sudan to go out there and make it. And, you know, he was able to influence Luol Deng's journey as well when he was young. And, you know, he's actually on the logo of the South Sudan Basketball Federation. So he's, he's the guy in the middle holding the basketball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> he's the Jerry He's yeah. the Jerry West of the uh, South Sudanese. <laughs> pretty much, yeah, yeah. That's him, that's him, yes. <laughs> yeah, so no, um, for... You know, um, Manute Bo, you know, um, like I said, Thorn Maker, um, Mangong Matiang, you know, and then the names goes on, Bobo, William Gabriel, you know, a lot of guys in Australia playing here in Europe as well. You know, the fact that, um, you know, a lot of us have been able to, a lot of them have been able to make it, you know, to the NBA, the highest leagues, you know, playing there. Some, um, you know, it just goes to show just, you know, how, you know, how, this goes to show how good South Sudanese, you know, can be if we're given the right opportunity, the right pathways, um, you know, to go out there and play basketball and, you know, be able to, you know, just show the, just show our talent. Because, you know, as South Sudanese, you know that we're one of the tallest, you know, people in, in Africa and in the world. And, you know, it's just about having that opportunity. And that's pretty much what Luldan wants to bring to the country, building, you know, the basketball courts there, building, uh, having this foundation there, you know, being able to, you know, to try and bring the next town maker, the next Manute Bowl, the next Luol Deng. Uh, you know, there are a lot of hundreds of South Sudanese kids playing in, in America, Australia, everywhere around the world. Um, you know, like you said, the first generation to make it out there. And these numbers are growing and growing every single day. Um, I can't keep up with the number of guys that are now in college, the number of guys that are now playing professionally. And, you know, it's going to be a tough job for 
the federation in the future trying to you know pick a 12 to play i was just i was just gonna say um and and at the very beginning i said uh an emerging new team so not only do we have a new team but we have an emerging new team i mean mean, and 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 uh because you you knew Whenever, whenever you 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 know you saw a lot of these guys who you know you mentioned Australia and 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 they go from Australia to a lot of them go uh, South Sudan to Australia and then to the United States high school college whatnot. Um, but you see South Sudan born and you're like, wow, okay, ah, him too, ah, him too, and then him too. And yeah. then when you saw in 2013, I follow international basketball. When you saw 2013, yeah. you're like, but wait a minute, so all of these guys can play for South Sudan, man. <laughs> once once they actually figure out how to get organized and as long yeah. as like the money situation is okay yeah. um organization everything and 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 uh and you know the right coaches come in um yeah. and develop a system and 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 there's commitment from the players for the federation yeah. for the national team as long as there's all those three all those things are in place south sudan can be a superpower soon yeah 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 how, how good do you think you guys can be? I mean, we are at the very, 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 very beginning of this journey, but how good do you yep. think you guys can be? No, I, I think, I think like you mentioned, like we literally have the capability to be a superpower because even right now with, uh, you know, with the, with the guys that we've had, uh, we've only had, we've only been able to get a few professional players. And, uh, you know, we've, we, um, we were able to, you know, um, pulling some guys that haven't played, you know, really high level, some guys that are still in college, a lot of young players. But if we were to go through the pool of thousands of these players that are that are available around the world, oh, it's going to be, I always say it's going to be a problem for the coaches, federations mm-hmm. trying to pick, trying to pick a 12. Like there's, you know, there's at least three guys, you know, Wayne and Gabriel, there's JT Thor, there's Bobo, you know, all those guys that are just in the NBA right now. Um, <laughs> and, you know, that number is still growing, you know, Dan Adele is over there in the G League. He's another guy that had, you know, um, NBA experience playing for the Cavs and Brooklyn as well, Thorn Maker, um, you know, his younger brother, Makul. Um, you know, and then there's a lot of guys in Australia, you know, like uh, Joe Luala Chuil, Mango is there, you know, Duop React just played with Australia and got his bronze medal, but he's also another guy that's that's Sassanese as well, you know, that, uh, that could get a passport. You know, we have a guy like a tournament Joe playing for, um, for Lebanon. He's another guy too that, you know, can also get a South Sudanese passport, and then number go and the list goes on. You know, guys like Sunday Dutch, um, Deng Deng, uh, guys in Australia, a lot of guys here in Europe. Nuni, I was just, Peter I was just uh, hey, I was just gonna say, don't, don't, uh, you don't have to put Europe that low. I mean, Nuni Omut is playing yeah, yeah, exactly, out of his mind yeah, right yeah. now at Giesen, you know, exactly, uh, exactly. You know, yep, yep, yep. uh, Mabur you know, he's a young kid, uh, you know, exactly, in Italy. Exactly, yep. Uh, yeah. you know, you mentioned Peter, Peter Jok, you know, I mean, there's some, yeah. you know, Koch bar, you know, Den- Denmark is a league where it, it's one of these jumping stone leagues that, you know, you go there exactly, and you exactly, can go yeah. to a bigger, you know, bigger and better things. Um, yeah. and so, so Marial as well at front of Bachi, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and your, your buddy right there in, 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 uh, in, uh, at Osiak. So, yep, yep, yep. I, I mean, that's got to be pretty crazy, uh, you know. That, that yeah. so, so, so you went, so you played, um, yeah, you, you went to, uh, 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 you went to college in the United States, and we'll get to that in just one more second. Um, and, and then went back to, to Australia, played for, for, for a few years, and then yep. this is actually your first season ever in, in Europe. Um, and, yep. uh, and so you're in, in Croatia and you're playing the ABA, uh, two league. 
Um, and then you have you, know, you have Jackson McCoy, you have fellow uh, South Sudan national team. Uh, what's that yeah. like? You know, I mean, this is a, this is a guy that this is one of your brothers that you know that you, you play yeah. for the national team, and and you're right there yeah. with him on a daily day, on a day by day basis. It's got to be a, yeah. a wonderful feeling. Yeah, no, it definitely is a wonderful feeling, especially because uh, Jackson and I, you know, we pretty much grew up together in uh, in Melbourne, played for the same junior team, the uh, Longhorns basketball. And, you know, I've known Jackson since he was a kid. And, uh, you know, be able to see how far he's progressed. Uh, you know, he, he was just, this is his first professional season um, after foregoing his last two years of college. And, um, you know, for myself, I've always wanted to come play in Europe. Uh, just being able to travel, see see the world as well, you know, see other parts of the world, be able to, you know, do something I love is all the time that I've looked forward to. So the fact that I'm here with Jackson, being able to, you know, help, I help mentor him throughout his first professional season is great. It's great. Uh, you know, he's a great player with a bright future ahead of him. And I'm, you know, just happy to be here, you know, um, you know, help him get better, help him improve, showing him, you know, what, what it is to be a pro. And, you know, we're, we're definitely enjoying the journey together. And now we're looking forward to go back to Senegal once again, play together. Um, you know, it's, it's great. It's great. It's a great opportunity. And, uh, you know, these, these are things about basketball. You don't know. We're gonna play with you. Don't know where it's gonna take you around the world, but you know, just happy and grateful to be here with him and continue to play together. All right. So um, you 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 grew up basically. You grew up in in, in Melbourne, um, and then uh, your 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 college of choice, I guess. Uh, you, you went you went to Chaminade, and for those who don't know, Chaminade is actually in Honolulu. Tough place to to spend four years. I, I imagine the road <laughs> trips are kind of hard because you gotta you know fly everywhere and it's um, but uh, you know but you know what you get to live in Hawaii. Um, so let, let's start with that. Um, what, what was that like? Well, I mean, you're you know you're you're from a refugee uh, refugee camp, grew up there, and then you know you grew up in 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 Australia with all the the goods yeah. and bads that come with that with a big city like yeah. like Melbourne. And then you are in Honolulu. What were what were you thinking when you got there? How do you remember those four years there? Yeah, no, um, like you said, coming from where I came from and ended up ended ending up in uh, you know Honolulu it was just one you know one of those great. It was just one of those uh, you know realizations of you know just how far I've come. You know just how you know, how much life can change. Um, you know and you know for me it was just another one of those you know great feelings i was grateful to be where i am and you know, not forget where i came from but just you know to come here work hard uh, you know try and be the best player i can and you know just trying to keep opening those windows not only for myself for my family but you know for the next kid up uh, you know I, it was important for me to come there do the right thing work hard just show the coaches the players there um you know um that i'm not only there for myself trying to play for the next next kid from South Sudan, you know, the next kid that was in a refugee camp that, um, you know, that we don't take these opportunities for granted and that we're going to, um, you know, come out there, give it 100%, be the best players, you know, on and off the court, um, you know, take our education seriously and carry ourselves in the right way. So for me, it was, it was an amazing feeling, you know, to come to Hawaii, um, great place, one of the best places, you know, uh, the one can, that one can live at, uh, you know, on this earth. And it was an amazing feeling, you know, uh, I was welcomed really, really well there in the Ohana Aloha spirit. And I was able, you know, to learn their customs, their ways, you know, how they live there. Everyone was just very, very lovely. And, you know, basketball-wise, it was great. Um, be able to play, traveling a lot. We were able to play in that battle invitational. So we were able to play against some of the top teams, you know, Kansas, North Carolina, um, UNLV. You know, we were able to play against some of the top um 
top teams every single year in and out. You know, that was able to help us improve, get better. Um, you know, traveling wise, you know, it was it, it, it was annoying traveling to travel so much, you know, from <laughs> Hawaii to the mainland. But it was great. It was great. We loved it. It was part of the experience being able to see, you know, different parts of America. Uh, but no, overall, it was a great experience. It was a great experience. We were able to go out there and study, get my degree and, you know, um, you know, move on from there to the next phase of part of my life. Um, so you um, so you go from Honolulu um, and then you go back to Australia and the, and the basketball, uh, the basketball season in uh, in Australia is uh, is your summer in 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 the, in the southern hemisphere um yeah. and then so you know then you come to nice gray central landlocked <laughs> Osiek, which has a yeah. river <laughs> which yeah. has a which has a river <laughs> okay. and that's yeah, and yeah. that's about it you're you know you're, you're quite a you know you're quite a wide quite a ways from any sort of water otherwise i mean yeah yeah <laughs> you know you got to go through all of bosnia and uh you know to get down to the adriatic sea um i yeah. guess first question is is how do you you know do you miss the do you miss the 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 the, the warmth the, the the weather you know the you know the water yeah. uh because like i said you don't have anything there and so yeah <laughs> no, no, I definitely, definitely miss all of that. Um, now, I, I, I think uh, ever since leaving Africa, I've, I've always pretty much been in big cities, um, you know, places where there's a lot of stuff to do. Um, you know, I myself, I like to, you know, explore, see new things, being able to, you know, just travel, see, you know, just being able to travel, explore. Um, so coming into Osea, you know, the first week, I felt like I had already done everything, went around the city. Um, going on seeing different sites, um, you know, seeing seeing the river, um, going to Vukova, you know, seeing, um, you know, what happened there during the war and stuff. Uh, you know, for me, I, I like I like learning a, a lot of mm -hmm. things about new places. And so for a place like Osijek, I felt like, you know, I've already gone around seeing a lot of things. And so I guess for me, it was about every, everywhere we go, um, where, everywhere we go and play, try to take the time out, go see around the town. Like when we went to, Zadar, um, you know, I, that, that's a coastal town. You know, it's very, very nice town. I was able to go out there for a few hours before the game and, uh, you know, just learn a lot more about, you know, about the place. But, um, you know, being in Osijek, it was uh, definitely a game changer, especially when I was picked up from the airport. I did my research, but I didn't realize how far away it was from the capital city. Mm -hmm. I drove about two and a half, three hours away. And, uh, yeah, you know, came to this small town, uh, you know, it's 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 definitely a, a different change, different experience, but it's great. Uh, the people are great here. We love their basketball. We train so much, and you know, we get we're getting better. So, um, you know, one of those things. You know, just another part of my journey that I that I'm that I'm embracing and just trying to take a lot out of. Yeah, and I mean, you're still you're still only 27. Um, you'll you'll turn 28 uh, over the over the summer. Um, you know, this is the first time, and and I mean, uh, oh man, uh, who was the who was the shooter? Ah, don't matter. Um, you know, there's been also Australian national team players that have come over uh, to Europe for the first time at 30. Um, and uh, so, you know, maybe what is what are some of your? Do you have any sort of 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 uh, 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 like short term goals? Like after the season, whatnot, to try to you know take your step up. I mean, so it's the ABA league, but it's not the ABA one league. So you're not playing your Partizans yeah, and, and your Svezdas and the yeah. Borushnos, but you know, so but you're playing your Spars, 
you know, your, you yeah. know, those that, that sort of, you know, Scopia and stuff like that. So, you know, you are getting, yes. you know, a little bit of a taste of, 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 of the, the Balkan uh, Adriatic leagues, if you will. So do you, yeah. do you have, you know, what do you want? Do you have any idea what you want to do like the next one, two, three years to, to kind of jump the jump, uh, jump levels? Yes. Yes. I think uh, for me, um, definitely try to come back, you know, uh, playing, um, you know, playing a team where I can be able to go out there, you know, fully, fully, uh, you know, show what I can do. It's, it's, it's great being here. Um, you know, the ABA, the ABA is definitely a great, um, great stepping stone for that. Uh, you know, like you said, the teams that you mentioned, those are tough teams that, um, you know, that, that, um, that, you know, if you can show what you can do against them, you can definitely, uh, you know, improve, move, you know, and um, move up in the competition. So for me, it's just try to, I guess each year move up, um, you know, next year, whether I come back here or play in Australia, I mean, I definitely want to, you know, still be in Europe, move, move up to a higher level. I know the ABA playing the ABA first, first league is definitely uh, my goal, what I'm trying to do. And so um, I guess I'll just have to try to finish up this season, you know, the best way I can trying to keep getting more wins and, you know, trying to keep showing what I can do. And hopefully I mean, that'll be enough for, um, you know, some teams take a chance in me, but at the moment, it's pretty much just control what I can control, and you know, hopefully, just hope for the best once the season is over. Um, go back to Australia, play, play the NBL one, and just try to you know do what I can do best, and hopefully, next year a team can pick me up um, and just come in and still do what I do best, and you know, trying to help out get the team wins. One of the things that I like to try to do when I do my research on players is uh, when when they have uh, something extra, uh, I, I I try to bring it up and 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 uh, I believe I found uh, that that you have a, the Kwani Kwani Foundation. Is that correct? Yes, yes, yes. That's correct. Yeah. Is that is that still active? Uh, what can you tell us about that? And 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 how how is that going? What does that mean for you? And and, and what do you good? And yeah. what do you and what do you do? Yeah, yeah. So pretty much with the Kwani Kwani Foundation, um, pretty much started, uh, you know, when when the first, like I think I, I go back to how you said it, the first generation of um, South Sudanese basketball players were growing up in Australia. Uh, there wasn't really a lot of opportunities for them. Um, there was just the local basketball uh, competition, which was just played at the one stadium every Saturday. But in terms of, you know, moving up, playing for regional teams, state level teams and national teams, there really wasn't a lot of help around that. Um, you know, part of that came down to, um, you know, a, a lot of people that came to Australia came with, you know, single mothers. Um, you know, playing basketball then required a lot of money, um, uniforms, registrations, you know, being able to travel, being able to be, parents being able to drop you, you know, to games that sometimes were 30, 40 minutes, hours away. And so for a lot of the local teams in, um, in Australia, they didn't want to have to put up with this, um, you know, being able to, they knew that a lot of South Sudanese players, you know, were capable of playing. They were capable of, um, you know, make, going to the next level. But a lot of them knew that be, for them to play, pay for uniforms, pay for registration, being able to get to games, and you know, training was on time. Were were not, you know, they, they were not going to be able to do that. And so, when I was younger, I remember trying out for some of the teams. Um, coaches would pretty much before they pick the teams, would ask the guys, "Oh, can you pay for registration?" Uh, can you pay for uniforms? Some of the guys will say, oh, no, I can't. And, you know, that was just pretty much what stopped a lot of these guys from, you know, making the team. And so a lot of the coaches would tell them, yeah, look, like, we can't have you on the team because you can't come to games, you can't pay for registration. You know, for a lot of these guys, you know, this was um, a turning point for them. You know, they turned to, um, 
you know, unfortunately, they just ended up, you know, being on the streets, um, you know, resorting to drugs, bad habits, crime, you know, things like that. And so, what we you know when I saw that, these are a lot of guys that were, you know, my friends, a lot of guys that I grew up with, who, you know, who, it was just little small things that, you know, that that stopped them from playing basketball, pursuing their careers. And I didn't really, I didn't want that to happen to, you know, anybody else. I wanted to make sure that some of these kids were able to get, um, you know, that opportunity to pursue their goals and not not being able to be stopped because of financial constraints. And so coming back after I finished college, my first professional season, um, you know, I started the Kwani Kwani Foundation. Um, you know, we just put on a small camp uh, for, you know, free camp for kids to come play, get better, um, mentor, mentoring. And the next phase was to be able to um, connect with the local communities at the government level and, um be able to you know to get them to to help to help fund the kids um, pay the pay for their registrations pay for their you know uniform fees um, just so they can participate in sport and you know help help stop them um, you know from going on going in the wrong direction and unfortunately COVID hit mm-hmm. and I was uh, I was able uh, yeah I, I put a lot of the stuff that I was putting on hold but uh, it was great to see that regardless of that you know the government was able to go ahead with the initiative and. Um, I know there are some local councils now that pay um, that, you know, if kids want to participate in sport, they just have to go ahead, take their bills, take the, you know, uh, take the bill to the local council and they'll be able to pay them to pay, you know, for them to play and, you know, just so they don't have to miss out. So uh, it's it's definitely moving forward a lot now. Uh, a lot of a lot of players are not missing out because they can't pay um, for registration and stuff. And the local teams are more, inclined to help with that now they, they don't just send kids away because they can't pay um there's a lot more that i'm hoping to do but just the fact that i'm away now covid hit i, I had to put a lot of stop to it but i still have a lot of plans that i hope to do when i when i go back home okay so so it's it's on hold right now uh but you you can say that that it's had a it's already it's already had a positive effect also on the Let's let's call it organizers or you know the teams or whatnot just because they rec you know it, it's 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 raised recognition that you know that you know that you know you're losing people that you know that you could have and there's and it's you know it's not a lot of money that you yeah. you know have to and let's say invest in in yeah. that in that but you can you know do a lot of good through that so that that that's sort of the yeah. status of, of where it is. Yes, yes, yes. At the moment, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's pretty yeah. much where it is, and that. The other side of it too is just helping kids um, go to college, get, go to high school, get scholarships. So we've been able to do that as well. Uh, um, you know, the last few few years we've been, we've been able to send some kids um, over to college and um, over to high school in America. And you know, that's another pathway of it too that we're hoping to grow, grow in that as well. Fantastic stuff. Uh, that's all I got for you. Uh, thank you very much, Kwani Noor Kwani. Uh, stay healthy. Number one, stay yeah, healthy. Yeah. <laughs> don't Absolutely. don't miss the World Cup qualifiers, please. For you, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, good luck. Have fun in Senegal. I know you will be so excited and have so much fun down there. Um, but and then and at the same time, you know, concentration, whatever, to to you know get the job done. Um, but uh, thank you for the great information. Thank you for the great chat, and good luck down yeah. the road. Absolutely. No, thank you very much for having me, David. It was great. It was a great pleasure to talk to you. And I'm yeah, definitely looking forward to what's coming ahead, the World Cup qualifiers. And um, yeah, ready to go out there and give it our best.